from Learfield, live from Dave and Buster's. Welcome to the Marquette Basketball Hour, brought to you by Office Depot, the official office product supplier for Marquette University, and by Marquette Athletics Champion Partners, Advocate Aurora Sports Help, Meyer, Pepsi, and Wintrust, Wisconsin's Bank, the official bank of Marquette University. Now, here is your host, Jen Lada. Oh, man, look at the entrance that Shaka Smart is making this evening. So great to see so many smiling faces here at Dave & Buster's for the Marquette Basketball Hour. Marquette Thursdays at Dave & Buster's. I am Jen Latta, and they cannot hear me. So they're going to work on that for just a moment, guys. Happy to be with you this evening. We are back at Dave & Buster's. I know the weather kicked us out last week, but it is good to be back. And if you are looking for an exciting night out, Look no further than Dave & Buster's, where you can enjoy happy hour specials, the wow wall, and the all-new million-dollar midway. Eat, drink, play, watch sports at Dave & Buster's. Man, I got a lot of questions for the guy sitting next to me, Shaka Smart. I kind of want to start right now, but I do want to recap that Creighton game because it was so exciting. It was so much fun to watch. Uh, very... Um, very uh, well. It took some years off of my life once again, Coach. Which you guys have been really good at doing this year. So like, I'm 42 in actual years, but like 74 in Marquette basketball years. Well, I mean, you, if you're gonna follow high level college basketball, it's gonna be close games. <laughs> That's true. Uh, particularly going on the road. I mean, you're not gonna blow a team out like that on the road. Uh, but our guys did a great job hanging in there and uh, really coming together at halftime. Uh, Creighton's a tough team. It was a sold out crowd. Their level of excitement and passion uh, for, you know, getting payback against us mm -hmm. after we beat them at our place mm -hmm. uh, was was really really high, and they came out. And they made a lot of shots. They made six threes in the first half, and they were playing at a high level. And and uh, again, our guys came together. Uh, that's better, right? That's better. Uh, our guys came together at halftime, and they, uh, you know, really you could see them looking at each other in the eye and, and understanding that, hey. We have more inside of us, and, and uh, we're going to have to win this thing on the defensive end. When asked afterward what you said to those guys, because there's always such a fascination about the halftime adjustments, halftime speeches, what a coach is saying to guys to get them motivated, that's exactly what you said. We've got more in us, guys. We've got to get it out. What were you looking for them to find in themselves to bring out in the second half? Uh, just a little bit more fight, a little bit more want to, a little bit more aggressiveness, physicality. Uh, you know, making it tough on them. And I thought the first 12 minutes or so, 12, 13 minutes of, of the second half, that was some of the best basketball that, that, that we've played, defensive basketball, mm -hmm. uh, all year. I thought our guys really, you know, played with just a level of uh, freedom but also aggressiveness, connectivity, and, you know, when necessary, violence. Because, you know, to counteract a team like that, especially with the big kid they have, you, you have to make sure you're getting your hands all over the basketball and you have to play with great fight. Guard Cam Jones led the way with 19 points. Oso Iguodaro and Tyler Kolick each chipped in 18. 73-71 was, of course, the final. And after the game, CBS Sports' Matt Norlander had this to say about the Golden Eagles. I can't help but wonder if a win like this at Creighton finally starts waking a lot of people up to the idea that, yes, Shaka Smart has a Final Four contender in Milwaukee. They've been a good story. They are a good to great team, and that group can win four games in March in the big dance. 
And that is something that fans are very excited to hear. It is what fans are seeing when they watch this team pull out a big win, like that 73-71 win over Creighton. And you, Coach, have to kind of keep it all together, right? Because people are talking about your team. There is a lot of excitement nationwide about what this squad is doing and what they can do. When we continue with our conversation here on the Marquette Basketball Hour, I want to hear how you thread that needle, how you are able to recognize that there is all kinds of noise out there about this program because you are winning, the way you are winning, what people project that this team can do, and how you keep your guys still focused on what you need to do in the very next game. So we've got Shaka Smart in just a few moments continuing our conversation. We've also got Chase Ross, who I'm guessing right now is over there playing Papa Shot to see if he can get a better score than some of his teammates. I've got them all listed right here. We'll see how he does at the Papa Shot game here at Dave & Buster's. Stick around. Marquette Basketball Thursdays continues right after this. Back here at Dave & Buster's for the Marquette Basketball Hour, Marquette Thursdays at Dave & Buster's. And we appreciate all the local businesses that support this program. At this time, we'd like to take a moment to highlight our champion-level partners, Advocate Aurora Sports Health, Pepsi, Meyer, and Wintrust. Thank you so much for your generous support. We are Marquette. Shock Smart hanging out with me here. Yeah, let's clap about this. There is an awful lot of excitement about this program. There's an awful lot of excitement about this guy right here. I'm sure he will not want to talk about that at all, but we'll try to work that in as the conversation goes. So one of the things, Coach, I heard you talk about was your squad's competitive maturity. And that's a phrase I hadn't heard before. I've heard of emotional maturity, just regular old maturity. What defines competitive maturity? And competitive maturity is, is the uh, understanding and the ability to execute what goes into winning, what goes into competing at a high level. And, you know, the difference between competitive maturity and just, you know, normal maturity is, uh, you know, you could be whatever age, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old. It doesn't mean you have competitive maturity. You have to go through certain experiences. Um, and, and our guys, if you look at this season, have gone through a lot of experiences that have helped them gain maturity in that way. Um, we're still not all the way there yet, but I, th I think you know a guy like Stevie Mitchell, uh, having played you know roughly 60 games now in his career, is you know so much further along than he was uh, at the beginning of the season. Afterward, I believe it was said, and I'm not sure if it was from you or from someone else associated with the program, but it was, that's a game we don't win earlier this season regarding the Creighton game. What was it about this game that was different? Where did you see that growth? And that's a buzzword. I know we use it a lot with your program, but what was the difference between that performance and how you think your guys would have performed in a comparable situation earlier? Well, we had some games, close games earlier in the year where – you know, we weren't able to finish the game out, you know, even though we had a lead late in the game. You know, Purdue comes to mind. That was, I think, our third game of the year. But similar situation where we, you know, we were up, you know, six, seven, eight minutes left in the game uh, and up by, you know, more than a couple possessions. Um, but, you know, the, the, the home team's going to make a run. they got a good team. They've got a talented uh, group of guys. They've got a big guy that they're going to throw the ball to. Um, and I just feel like you know our guys have gained a sturdiness uh, again we're not all the way there yet we still got some progress to make there's a lot of things we can take from that game and do better and, and learn from uh, but I think we're a sturdier group than we are or than we were in November December and the other thing is 
there's no substitute for experience, and there's no substitute for winning experience. So uh, the fact that our guys have in their pocket, you know, a variety of experiences, you know, whether it's, you know, being down seven or eight at the half against St. John's in a hot gym in New York right after New Year's and, you know, coming together to, to play really well, you know, in the second half or whether it's, you know, it being a one-point game last time we played DePaul, you know, at their place and then, you know, coming out in the second half and defending with a, with a high level of urgency and playing with great pace on the offensive end. All those experiences are things that the guys now have in their pocket and they can really draw upon uh, the next time we're in those situations. You mentioned DePaul. Obviously, when people think about that game, they think about the hostile environment that y'all went into and how difficult of a place that can be to play. Same situation that you found yourself in earlier this week. It was a sellout crowd. No, that... it was not the same as DePaul. Really? No, Different? Not even close. You mean crazier, right? DePaul, the majority of the fans were Marquette fans. Oh, um, well, it, that's it, good. It, yes, Marquette... it was awesome. Great. That was one of my my favorite road games i've ever been a part of because <laughs> it, it was so friendly because no it, it and the depaul fans were into it you know but what happened was and we kept hearing about this that you know we would have a good showing there and then i think we were here doing a show a couple of days before and they had announced that they had a sellout and I, I don't think they had ever sold it out and had even been close to it and people were like well that's a lot of marquette people and uh so it was really cool and it was, I don't know if it was 60, 40, 50, 50, whatever it was. But then in the second half, as we were able to, um, you know, kind of extend a lead, the Marquette folks got louder and louder and louder. And, um, you know, then it's we are Marquette. And that was cool. So there, there was not much of that at Creighton. Uh, there was probably <laughs> okay. there was a few Marquette people there, um, maybe a couple dozen. But, you but know, that place is known for being a hostile environment hostile that's a environment. tough place to play very hostile environment in fact um you know my wife uh made a big deal with me about a, kind of a celebration that i had after the game uh which is that's not really like me but part of it was i really didn't know the outcome of the game until that last you know heave by shireman uh, fell short and it was just a level of elation in me but the other part of it was, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't treat us very well there. I mean, some of the things that were said, um, you know, there was things being thrown on the court at our guys, um, you know, which I guess that's the job of, of, you know, the home crowd is to, you know, really do everything you can to bother uh, the visiting team. But... Um, I heard they weren't happy with some calls. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's the case, but that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing for them on that. I mean, you, that's probably a better. That's a good idea. Uh, I mean, re really? Uh, to me, like, give the other team credit. You know what I mean? Like, give the other team credit. And I don't know what calls they were unhappy with. Uh, I believe, if you can look this up, Creighton is in the top five they may be number one at uh least fouls being called on them all year so they should be they should be sending the officials you know gifts every week um but you know our focus is on our team and and we were so excited uh, you know to be able to pull that one out because it is hard to go on the road a place like that a well-coached team very very talented team um and, and our guys did a great job just 
stay in the course. So one of the things that stood out to me as I was watching the post-game press conference from that was that you said you were thankful to be a part of this league. You were thankful to be a part of this team. And Look, I've been doing this a really long time, Shaka. I can't recall very many post-game press conferences when a team wins and the first thing out of the coach's mouth is gratitude. Why do you think that was the overwhelming emotion you were feeling after that win? Uh, it's an overwhelming emotion I feel all the time. I mean, if, if you can't feel gratitude, uh, particularly after a moment like that, then there's something wrong with you. I mean, to me, the, the kryptonite in life for all of us is entitlement. You know, thinking that we deserve something for some reason because of, you know, fill-in-the-blank reason. Um, and, you know, I really believe that appreciation or gratitude is the opposite of entitlement. And, you know, I, I, I'm a kid from Wisconsin. Uh, I played small college basketball in front of, like, a few hundred people. Uh, you know, I was a graduate assistant to start my career. I made $90 every two weeks. I ate Subway every day. I had a $4 foot long. I ate half of it for lunch, half of it for dinner. And I was grateful then to be doing the things I was doing. So, you know, to be here, being able to coach in the Big East, being able to coach uh, a program like Marquette, you know, how can you not be grateful? And I think our job is to model that for our players. You know, Chase Ross just walked in here. He's a dude, you know, but it would be very, very easy for him at some point after he makes a bunch of plays to start thinking, well, I'm a dude, so I'm entitled. No, that makes you less of a dude. Uh, gratitude makes you, allows you to become what you're going to become, and, and he's been great with that. I think I speak for everybody in here um, when I say we are very grateful that you are at the helm of this program, and it's a... Uh, and Thank it's you. It's been a very enjoyable ride. So well, far. I, I would say this is, and then this is not to take away from uh, what you just said, or, or and I, I, I appreciate being appreciated. <laughs> but I also say this, and I've been coaching for a long, long time. Nick Saban had a, had a statement that uh, is about as true as any I've heard, and he said, "The love of a coach is as conditional as love can be." And so I know, okay, I know that all of that is, is predicated on our team's results. That's part of the deal. Like, that's part of it. Um, and so we're just trying to make sure we continue to grow and develop and pour into our players and not make it about things that we don't control, like how someone else feels about you. Um, and we feel like, and again, our job you know, Pfizer form could be packed, but our job is to lead the way with giving energy, not the other way around. We, we, we can't, you know, get, wait to get energy from people. We need to give everyone energy, and then it reciprocates. So we're grateful uh, that people are grateful for us. Shaka Smart hanging out here on the Marquette Basketball Hour, Marquette Thursdays at Dave & Buster's. One of the stories that I heard referenced a number of times after the Creighton game was the Tyler Kolick Creighton story. And I've heard variations of it, I've heard details of it, but for people who haven't heard it, what is the Tyler Kolick Creighton story from last year? Oh, from last year, yeah. So that was the one game all year, and you can go back and watch it if you're, if you're so inclined, where, you know, I sat him 
he didn't play. Um, if you remember, it was a close game last year, and we had a lead late in the game last year. But we were not able to uh, do what we needed to do in the last minute of the game, and, and, and they were able to win the game. By the way, there was a bad call then, too. If you remember, Greg Elliott was called for stepping over the line and where he didn't step over the line. Sounds like there's a few people out there that remember that. But, I, we, that guy. but we didn't say, oh, that's why we lost. It was bad. We just kind of move on, and, you know, you, 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 you figure it out. Um, but Tyler Kolick in that game, it was not one of his best games. Um, and Daryl Morcel was playing really well in that game. He was hitting a bunch of pull-ups. Um, he, 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 the ball in his hands was going pretty well for us for most of that game. And, you know, Greg had been playing with pretty good energy. And Cam had as well. Um, so we played down the stretch, uh, Daryl and Greg, Cam, Justin, and Kerr. Also a little bit, but mostly Kerr. So Tyler wasn't in, and he sat for a while. And after the game, he was in tears. He was very, very upset with me. And, uh, you know, he was like, well, why didn't I play? And we had a, we had a meeting. We sat down. We talked. We came together. Uh, I said some of the things on my mind. He said some of the things on his mind. And, you know, it was great. It was a chance for us to come closer together. And since then... And, I, and I've told him this many times for the remainder of his time at Marquette, you know, that, that will never happen again as long as he continues to, you know, be the leader and the player that he's been. You know, I, I think he's played as well as anyone in this league from the standpoint of affecting winning. You know, he, he's been unbelievable with that. So obviously we all have been following how well he is from an assist standpoint, but it feels like his scoring has really evolved as well. Obviously, late in the game, tie game, Kolek's got the ball, puts it in. Tie game, Kolek's got the ball, puts it in. How much autonomy does he have in those moments? Or is that what you're drawing up? Is that who you want to have the ball in his hands? Well, it's funny. I do this post-game evaluation of myself, and I just started doing this this year. Um, I guess it takes me a while to learn things. This is my 14th year in coaching. I just started doing it. Jeff Van Gundy gave me the idea. He says... How your team does is not exactly the same as how you did as a coach. And a lot of times we, we conflate those two things. And so I do this post-game evaluation, and one of the questions is, did we have the ball in the right player's hands? And then another question is, were you too controlling or were you not controlling enough? And that's definitely an art in coaching. It's not a science. And uh, so for our team, Tyler first and foremost, and then Oso and Cam, they're just terrific playmakers. And so you want the ball in their hands, and you've got to give them some freedom and some autonomy to make plays. So absolutely, um, those last two baskets he had, one of them was a play call against a zone that, you know, ends up with a pick and roll for him. He made a floater. That was the second basket he made. The first one we were just playing out of what we call flow, and he did a great job, uh, you know, knifing into the defense. And then he did something really, really uh, well on that play. Um, he was able to use the basket as a shield, kind of finished on the other side of the rim from uh, the clock runner, their great shot, shot blocker. So 
you know, unbelievable plays by Tyler. It's been very exciting to watch the evolution of him as a scorer as well because we always knew he could dish the ball, right? You always know he can find the right guy and, and, and find the seams out there, but it's been really awesome to see the steps he's taking and throwing the team on his back in those late moments. You guys said after the game, we don't take a backseat to anyone in this league. And I do think, Coach, that you walk around with what I would call a quiet confidence. Uh, you're not – I wouldn't say that you're like – brash about it. I don't think that you rub people the wrong way in that way, but that might have been one of the first times where I was like, oh, okay, they got something going on here. And so well, is that a thing that you do where you kind of build on that as the season goes on? I said that to our team in the locker room, and now in this day and age of 2023 social media, everything gets captured. So that's the only reason you have that on your screen is because someone posted me saying well, because that I do room. very good detailed work right because you I had a mole in the locker room <laughs> um, no that's something that we 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 say all the time you know I I think we we truly believe that to be your best you have to have humility and one of the challenges with humble people is that Sometimes they can confuse humility with a lack of confidence. I don't think they're opposites at all, humility and confidence. I think they go together. In fact, to me, the best of the best of the best, they have that blend. They have humility and confidence. Uh, so, but I think particularly for younger guys and for teams that haven't necessarily accomplished a lot yet, and you have humble people, there's a thinking, well, we're not, maybe we're not quite as good or we're not quite as accomplished. We haven't done as much, so we maybe take a back seat. And that's a phrase that we use all the time with individual players and with our team. Because coming into this year, it's like you can go down a list by the player or you can take our whole team and the external perception not necessarily Marquette folks, but maybe external to, to our little bubble, um, was that this player took a backseat to you know, his counterpart at that school or this other player to this counterpart at that school and said, no, you know, take a backseat to those guys and, and we're going to go on the court and we're going to prove it. Hanging out here with Shaka Smart on the Marquette Basketball Hour, Marquette Thursdays at Dave & Buster's. There have been some pundits, most pundits, I would say, who have been very uh, optimistic, confident, bullish about what your team has done offensively. Do you feel like the game against Creighton answered some questions about what your team can be defensively? Well, I think the game against Creighton was another example uh, of a game where we had a, just a stretch of phenomenal defense. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, was it 40 minutes of us at our best? No, but it was, you know, you go on the road in order to win a game like that in a hostile environment, you have to kind of put your foot down and say, okay, you are going to have to just have a special offensive possession to score. We did not do that in the first half. They had 40 points. I felt like our guys did that for the first 12, 13 minutes of the second half, which allowed us to go on a run and to take the lead. Um, so that's what we're capable of, and we've had, you know, uh, several stretches like that. Uh, you know, in order for us to, to truly max out, we've got to be able to do that consistently over the course of a whole game or almost a whole game. But, you know, the other teams got good players too. The other teams, um, 
you know they've they've got a good scheme as well. I think one of the biggest challenges for us off or defensively is when we sub and we have our younger our freshmen in the game um, and, and job when when our guys come off the bench and go in the game, our defensive energy has to be just as high and somehow we've got to make up for the fact that we're not quite as experienced if we've got let's say we've got two freshmen in the game uh, as we would have been with our starting lineup you know you gotta you gotta account for that you got to make up for that and and we're still working to get better that's why we, that's why we did freshman remediation today after practice freshman room mediation remediation remediation sorry it's about just that. like when you're in school <laughs> and you're behind in math or you're behind in reading or your whatever it may be, you do remedial work. Okay. Right? You do remedial work. Sure. So we have something we do from the beginning of the year all the way through freshman remediation. You're behind on guarding the ball, let's work on it. You're behind on this is a big one, being able to rotate the right way or to being able to defend screens off the ball because you don't get as much work on that as high in high school as you do at this level. Okay, let's work on it. And Ben Gold was out there today after practice. Working on guarding the ball because there he is. You'll see him on Saturday. He'll get switched onto, you know, their good guards from DePaul, and he's going to be there, kind of hanging on for his life, and he can do it. But remediation helps. Well, one of the things we know about this sport and and many sports actually is the learning curve between playing basketball at the high school level and then jumping to the collegiate level. I mean, you, first of all, you have so many more games, and there's so many, you know, fewer days in between. The workload is just so much more dramatic and heavy. Yes. Is that part of you're trying to kind of mitigate that? Uh, that well, that we're probably adding to that. <laughs> we're probably adding to the workload with the remediation, but we're just – I'm a big believer that your freshman transition is not complete until – two weeks after your season is over and then you walk back in the gym and you just got a different look to you chase ross is back there on the uh -huh. papa shop look at him now and then look at him when you see him uh on may 1st and he will have a different look to him a confidence about him a little bit different swagger um but the reality is we want chase ross to play well on saturday you know, we don't want to wait till May 1st to, to get that new and improved version. We want them to play well and help our team win on Saturday. And so the freshman remediation, what it does is it just puts at the front of their mind some of the defensive areas um, where they need to be ready to be their best. So we're going to take you up on that, Coach. We're going to do like a before and after image, you know, like when a, when a person goes in and gets like a, a plastic surgery or Botox or whatever, and they do a before and after image online. We're going to get that with your freshman and just see that veteran look that they have. Well, I mean, it's like look at our sophomores this year and compare them to when they were freshmen. They just look different. Cam Jones, he looks different. He moves different. Stevie Mitchell, you know, it's like a 2.0 version, you know. So that's the goal um, if we're all doing our job from a development standpoint. Speaking of freshmen, we are going to get Chase Ross up here. I saw him mingling with some of you fans just a few moments ago. We'll take a break with Shaka Smart. We'll bring him back after Chase. But we will be right back here on the Marquette Basketball Hour, Marquette Thursdays at Dave & Buster's. two games remain in Marquette's home schedule this season and Saturday's game versus DePaul is officially sold out 
That means limited tickets remain for the game against St. John's on March 4th. Do not miss your chance to cheer on your first place Golden Eagles as they work to clinch a Big East championship. Visit GoMarquette.com backslash tickets to get your seats before they are all gone. We are Marquette. We are back here on the Marquette Basketball Hour, Marquette Thursdays at Dave & Buster's. This is a really good crowd. And Chase, i got to think it's because they all wanted to see you. Don't you think, right? That's why you all came out, right? Maybe. They're like, Chase Ross is coming out to Dave & Buster's? we got to get there. This has been such an exciting run for the Marquette Golden Eagles. And your first year, obviously, with the squad. So be honest with me. Be straight. Freshman wall. Have we hit the freshman wall yet? Does the freshman wall exist? What's the, what's the attitude towards, man, this workload is so much greater than what I was doing in high school just a year ago? Uh, I mean, I think I hit the freshman wall when I got here in the summer. Uh, like, right, like, as I graduated, I flew uh, to Milwaukee the next day, and, like, we had workouts. And, I mean, since then, my schedule's been just loaded every day. And the freshman wall hit me in the summer, and I was like, I don't know what I got myself into. But, I mean, when the season started, I felt fine. It was just it's good to be here. Chase Ross hanging out with us here on the Marquette Basketball Hour. So, Shaka talks often about growth. Where have you seen the most growth in yourself over the last few months, since the start of the season till now? Uh, just being more consistent and confident. I mean, when I first got here, I really just want to take the back seat like just want to be out the way and just do my role but now i'm more confident and consistent of what i do uh basketball on and off the court was one of the things we talked about last week when we were supposed to hang out with you but we had that weather situation was that shaka could tell that y'all were a little tight in that game it's like you knew what was at stake you were the big crowd and all of that stuff did you feel that? Did you and your teammates feel that? Was there a different energy surrounding the squad headed into that game as y'all were doing shooting shoot around? Of course, I mean, like, of course, it's like, <laughs> well, I don't know, I'm gonna lie about, it. I'm not even gonna like weave around it. Of course, what was different? It was just, I mean, everybody knew in the back of our heads, like we weren't, we weren't trying to uh, focus on it, but at the same time, like you know what's at stake, so it's just a lot of, a lot of pressure on you. But I mean, we went out and won. You did, yeah, absolutely. Um, but at the beginning of the game, it did feel like things were not clicking with that sort of symphonic, you know, movement that you guys are used to with this squad. Uh, how do you work your way out of that during a game? I mean, is it just a matter of the nerves finally calming? Is it a matter of you hit a few buckets and it's just basketball? Like, help, take me through the mentality in that game. Uh, just basically, just stay together and connected. Once we once we're together and connected, I mean, just ball's gonna find itself. You're going to see it. All right, so let's go to Creighton. That was, as Coach said, a very hostile environment. They were loud, sold out. They also knew what was at stake in that one. What is it like going into an arena like that, an away arena? They want the win just as badly, if not worse, than y'all do, and you walk out of there with a two-point win. It's lovely. <laughs> That's a really good adjective. I appreciate that. It is lovely. Take me inside that locker room at halftime because – the performance was not what y'all wanted in the first half of the game. And Coach said to you, you know, you got to give more. There's more inside you. So what was the mindset and the mentality at halftime that led to you guys coming out? And I think it was like an 8-0 run to start the second half. Uh, he, exactly what you said. He was like, uh, we have more. And basically we just have to empty out the tank and uh, put our foot on the gas. And that's what we did. 
Easier said than done, though, right? It is. I mean, you say, we're going to put our foot on the gas. We're in a hostile environment. We're in this tough place to play. So how does that come together? Um, it's just trusting, trusting our work. Uh, I mean, practice. We do what we do in practice, and it's going to carry over to the games, and that's what we did. We trusted our work, and then we got the job done. Chase Ross hanging out with us here on the Marquette Basketball Hour, Marquette Thursdays at Dave & Buster's. All right, let's get right to it because – I put it off as long as I can, and then I have to just get the answer to it. Did you play the Papa Shot game over there here at Dave & Buster's? I did. How did it go? Wait, uh, hold on, hold on. Let me guess. Well? Uh, it was okay. <laughs> Well-ish? Yeah. Okay, so you can see the scores here of some of your other teammates. You want to read those off for us? Yeah, we got TK, 42, Jop, 38, Cam, 33, Stevie, 25, and Oso, 20. Okay, so where does Chase fall into the mix here? Where does Chase fall in? Uh... Better than also a Stevie. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm fourth. What would you shoot? Uh, I think 27? Six? 26. That is better than Stevie and Oso. Okay, so you came in at fourth. That's not too bad. Are you proud of that effort? Have you played Papa Shop before? Is it something you take pride in? Uh, no, I didn't get a warm-up. And uh, I feel like the, the goals was rigged. <laughs> <laughs> we'll blame Brad for that. We'll blame Brad. <laughs> What has it been like coming into your first year at Marquette? We all, you know, think so highly of Shaka and what he's doing with you guys and how he pours into you as men, not just athletes. What has this whole experience been like for you? I mean, I feel it's been warming. Like, me coming from Texas, I don't like the cold. But, I mean, all the Marquette fans and everybody there, they just uh, welcome me with open arms. And, I mean, I love it here. You don't like the cold, but you came to Milwaukee. Yeah. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. I got a list here of things that you are into, some of your favorite things. Your favorite superhero, I'm told, is Spider-Man. Why Spider-Man? What is about? What is it about Spider-Man that you like? Uh, I mean, honestly, I used to I used to just like Spider-Man when I was younger. I don't know if he's my favorite superhero now, but... Oh, a little change of heart? Uh, yeah. Who's the new, who's your new superhero? I like, I like Black Panther. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Did you see the new movie? I did. Yeah? Did you like it? Yes. A little strange without Bozeman, right? Yeah, but it's still good. The best they could, right. How about uh, your favorite football team? Cowboys. Now this, okay, but that's because you're from Texas, right? You understand You understand the implication of saying that the Cowboys are your favorite team when you live in Wisconsin, right? Yes. There's long history there. Uh, I mean, I would just like to say if all y'all are Packers fans, uh, Des Bryant, that was a Oh, no! We talked about the confidence that these players have. Look at the confidence. Okay, y'all think that Tyler Kolick is the is the guy that has the uh, most confidence on this team. I think you're uh, competing with him. Um, okay, so Dallas Cowboys favorite team favorite book is Mamba Mentality. That's obviously a Kobe Bryant book. Um, what did you learn from reading that? Uh, it's just, I mean, basically the mentality he brought every day um, in practice and the games, just and all the work he did. I mean, it just paid off. That's my favorite player. Yeah, it says if you could play one-on-one -on -one with anyone, you would play against Kobe Bryant as well. This might be my favorite response that you have of all the questions I have here in front of me. Coach reminds me of blank. What did I say? Oh, yeah, he does. Well, take out, tell the people. Uh, I said Denzel Washington and, like, to remember the Titans. The reason I said that, I mean. He Coach just, Boone, right? Yeah. He's just like, 
he's always like uplifting, but at the same time, he's trying to like push you. And like that's what it was in Remember the Titans. Like he would be like, he would be trying to push you, but also uplifting you as well. So that's what I feel like coaches at. Yeah, he reminds me of that. One of the things that Coach has done this season is to really emphasize this domino idea and how everybody can be a domino. Uh, a couple of games ago, he had you all writing down on the domino, the big domino, how you were going to encourage the team, uplift the team, affect the team in a positive way. Do you remember what you wrote down? What is your way of you know, bringing energy to this squad, positively affecting you, uh, your teammates? Uh, yeah, I wrote down consistent energy and talk. And I mean, I felt like when I came, uh, when I went out there, I just had to talk on defense and on offense where wherever I'm at, and then just bring energy to the floor. I mean, that's that's my role, so I got to embrace that, and that's gonna lift everybody else up that's on, on the floor with me. What does bringing energy entail? I mean, is that just a lot of clapping? It's a lot of yelling? Do you have a chant that you go to? Like <laughs> uh, a lot of floor slaps. Floor slaps, sure, uh, sure. Just chest bumps, a lot of EGBs, honestly. Sure, and that's what that is, right? Chest bumps and yeah. floor slaps. Okay, high fives. Do we do we do knucks? Of course. <laughs> I just don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to bring the EGBs into my own life. I got to figure out what the most effective. I'm going to avoid the chest bumps if that's okay. I'm gonna just stick to the hand slaps and yeah. whatnot, right? Yep. Okay, so one of the things I'm curious about is how you guys thread the needle at this point in the season because look at the faces of this crowd here at Dave and Buster's. They're very excited about this program. They're excited about a deep tournament run. They're excited about y'all winning the Big East, right? It's been a while since Marquette has been able to say that. But you guys have to stay in the moment. You guys have to focus on the next game and then the next game and then the next game. How do you do that? Uh, just one game at a time. Like, we, There's no finish line like we uh, said today in practice, actually. Uh, just focus on what's important now. Practice today with a great deposit. Tomorrow's practice, and then heading into the Pauls game. Then after the Pauls game, then we focus on our next task, and just one game at a time. We don't look forward. Have you been to New York City before, Chase? I have. You have? What'd you do in New York? Uh, we actually, me, Ben, and Sean went there earlier this summer for freshman oh, fundamentals. Sure. Ooh, freshman fundamentals. Yeah. What does that entail? Uh. A lot of meetings uh, with a lot of, like, co-Big East players that played in the past. Like, David Duke was there. Um, Emeka Okafor were there. Um, just, yeah, just learning stuff about the Big East, meeting people, and everything like that. Okay. Chase Ross, it has been awesome to hang with you. It's so good getting to know you a little bit. I know we're going to see much more of you on the court as the days and years go on, but it is awesome opportunity to sit and get to know you a little bit here at Marquette Thursdays at Dave & Buster's. Thanks, pal. Thank you. He's laughing at me because I got my days wrong. <laughs> we got to take a break here on Marquette Thursdays at Dave & Buster's, but we'll be right back with Shaka Smart right after this. Save your place in line for the best seats to Marquette basketball next season with a season ticket deposit. Email athletics at marquette.edu for more information before March 4th to be entered to win a signed Shaka Smart basketball. Three games left on the regular season schedule. DePaul, that is the gold out, sold out game. Butler and, of course, St. John's back here with Shaka Smart on the Marquette Basketball Hour, Marquette Thursdays at Dave & Buster's. And, Coach, I mentioned to you during the break, I've been wondering about roster construction. When you are putting together a roster, putting together a team, the best example I could think of, and you tell me if I'm way off, is like when you are putting a recipe together, right, and you're trying to get some of this and some of this, and you put a little of this and a little of that in. 
Do you feel like you have all the ingredients you need on your roster to be able to go and do what you want to do to put together that recipe that you're trying to put together? Well, you know, the difference between, uh, you know, a team, a basketball team, and a recipe is, you know, our guys are, are, are dynamic human beings. You know, when, you, when you're making a recipe for, uh, you know, a cake, for instance, you, you know, you, you pretty much know what, what's what. But, you know, our guys are ever-changing. Chase Ross is a different player now than he was three months ago, uh, or certainly six months ago, 12 months ago. He signed at Marquette. Let's see, committed to Marquette about a year and a half ago. So um, it's never perfect. It's never uh, an exact science. It's more of an art. I think you start with, as you're building your roster, guys that can be compatible from a cultural standpoint. And when I say cultural, I mean how we act, interact, and respond. Uh, we tell our guys all the time, we have to act, interact, and respond like champions if we expect to be champions. You, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna win a championship or do any things you want to do unless you can act, interact, and respond the right way first. So when we're building the roster, uh, we're looking for guys that that fit that. You know, we have a whole culture document, as you know, that lays out how we want to be, how we want to act. We're looking for parents that are in alignment with that. Uh, if the parents aren't in alignment, it's going to be very very hard to get the young man in alignment. Uh, I've learned that the hard way over the years. And then, you know, basketball-wise, you're looking for guys that can play really well together. So, in other words, you know, David Joplin can, can really shoot. Uh, Tyler Kohler can really pass. You know, maybe having them out to, there together could be a really good combination. Uh, and that's, that's, a, that's only a two-man combination. You know, obviously five guys are on the court. So it's never perfect. It's never exact. And you never – Put a roster of 13 guys together at one time. It's always adding one piece at a time. That's the other thing that makes it really, really interesting. It sounds like lots of fun, if I'm being honest, right? Yeah, it's a challenge. It is. It's, it's, I mean, obviously at the NBA level, there's a whole front office of people that that's their whole job is to put the roster together. One of the things that's cool about coaching in college is, you know, you wear a lot of hats. You know, you're, you're putting a roster together. You're coaching that roster um, you're in charge of that roster's personal development. Um, you know, there's the basketball X and O's. So there's a lot of things that go into it. One of the core values since your introductory press conference has been growth. We talk about it a lot here on this show and in other avenues. How have you grown in your coaching career? Where's the biggest area of growth for you since you were, you know, last in on this stage and potentially going to the tournament? Uh, I think the biggest area where I've grown has been you know, going from the golden rule to the platinum rule. You familiar with the platinum rule? I've never heard of it before, but that doesn't happen. That happens a lot here on the show. Okay, so the golden rule, as we all know, is treat others the way you would like to be treated. Do unto others the way that you would like them to do for you. The platinum rule is no. Treat people the way they want to be treated, not the way you would want to be treated. And so that's probably been my biggest evolution in coaching because as a younger coach, I guess I was kind of thick-headed. I, I coached guys like I was coaching myself. And if I was a player, um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very different. I'm wired differently than, you know, Chase Ross, for example, who, who's just here. And fortunately, he's a player on our team, and I'm not because he's a way better player um, than I ever was. But, 
learning that don't coach these guys the way you would coach yourself or the way your coaches coach you. Coach them the way that they need to be coached and pushed to be their best. And so I would say in general, that's been a big evolution for me. Um, I think letting go a little bit of, of control in certain aspects of what we do. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of, as a younger coach, was a control freak and, you know, had to, had to control everything. And the reality is what I've learned is if the players have an ownership and a say and they're able to drive some of the things that you're doing culturally, defensively, offensively, um, it's going to work better. And sometimes they know better than you know as a coach. Um, and, and I think that's kind of been a revelation for me uh, as well over the last several years. Has your coaching identity changed in that when you first kind of sprung onto the scene, mm -hmm. people thought of you one way, and then, of course, the way that Marquette, you know, is, is been crafted and what they've done this year, it's a lot of offensive-minded. Is there a, an identity that you feel like that has changed for you over the years? I don't really know because I don't really pay too much attention to other people's perception of my identity. Uh, I think I've been pretty consistent with, with um, you know, I try to go about coaching through relationships, try to really pour into these guys with growth, and, you know, try to teach them the things that go into winning. Uh, that That's been what we've about been about appreciation and gratitude has been a, a huge part of um, kind of our platform with our players and then enthusiasm and energy has always been very very important to the way that we as a coaching staff not just myself want to go about coaching now every team is different each year and every group of guys is different so the way you play necessarily is going to be somewhat different so uh, like you said, this year uh, we've been a little bit better on offense overall than, than, than defense, although we've had some games lately where it's been the other way around. Um, you know, as a coach, you don't necessarily choose that. You don't, you don't say, hey, we're going to go in the year and we're going to be way better at this than that. Because if you did, you'd, you'd say, okay, we're going to be best in the country at both. Last thing I have for you, and I specifically kept this for last because I know it makes you uncomfortable. One pundit after the game said, Shaka Smart is a lock to win Big East Coach of the Year. You are also on a short list for National Coach of the Year, Shaka. What would those honors mean to you? Well, first of all, uh, and I know you played Matt Norlander earlier, you know, with all due respect to him. Uh, you know, we got three games left in our, our regular season. Um, you know, we got a huge game on Saturday to put ourselves in a better position than we're in right now. So, I mean, when I tell you there's zero emphasis on things like that or individual accolades for the players um, in our program, uh, you know, that's not an exaggeration. Not, you know, what I found over the years is the accolades that players and coaches get after the season are only, and I mean only, the result of winning. And so that's what we're going to try to continue to effect. Um, you know, uh, anything that, 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 that happens for a coach, I've learned, is, is always a direct result of what your players uh, are able to do on the floor. So uh, we'll see what happens. You know, we're just excited about playing DePaul at 630. Um, and we understand that we're not entitled to anything when the ball goes up in the air on Saturday or any other game. We have to earn every single possession. You know, our goal is eight kills. We've got to earn every stop to get a kill. 
Um, you know, offensively, we have certain goals, certain benchmarks we want to hit. We've got to earn each one of them. And we really try to preach to our guys. We want to lose ourselves in the fight of enjoying the heck out of the opportunity in the moment to go get that stuff. And when our guys do that, it's a lot of fun. Coach, we appreciate you. We have a ton of uh, gratitude for you. And, of course, we know that should is one of the most dangerous sports, if not the most dangerous sport, word in all of sports. <laughs> yes, it is. That's why we're <laughs> going to play the game on Saturday. Shaka Smart, everybody, hanging out with us here on the Marquette Basketball Hour. We will take a break here from Dave and Buster's.